everyone, this is Jock Sampson, and if you ain't listening to Wrestling Cheers Podcast, you are a low-down piece of shit. And I, if you don't listen to it, I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to beat up your entire family, and especially your grandmama. Listen or burn in hell. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name And they're always glad you came You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when it's hell on earth. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on with the independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an AIW retro review of Hell on Earth 8. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Evolution's Fine Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email. If you so choose desire, wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said, this is a retro review of AIW Hell on Earth 18 from November 23rd, 2012. I already told you who I am. And on this week, we have Brock. Hey, thanks for having me on again. Uh, thanks for coming back on. You know, I had a lot of fun uh, watching this show. Um, I, like, I watched it whenever, like, IWTV first came out. Um, and, like, I well, I guess whenever I first got a subscription. But um, going back to, like, watch it again to do this review was uh, a lot of fun. I had to, like, restart it a few times because I kept getting busy with some other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, and I watched it again today before we I recorded. So, uh, hopefully I didn't miss too much. And this is a long-ass show, too. Yeah, it really is. Also, we have Charlie Butters. Hey, hey, man. You actually weren't supposed to be on this week. I know. <laughs> I'm that clutch person. You know that. Whenever, wherever. Always there. Figured mine as well. But you you will be on again next week for Dead Presidents. Yeah, man. I got a lot of wrestling homework to do. I still got to watch something for my show tomorrow, and I got to watch that, and I got to watch something else again. Lots of wrestling to watch this week. Yeah, I got to figure out when I want to throw in Dead Presidents, but I know it's a, I think it's one of the longer shows, but Hell on Earth for a while, those shows were always long as shit. Yeah, this was pretty long. And you figure like how many things were cut out of it, like just some of the small stuff, like the anything in between matches that first, you know, the, the next contest is scheduled for one fall on top of intermission, on top of there's actually, and we'll briefly get to it later, there is a Beyond Wrestling Showcase that's like a dark match opener. I don't remember if that like that happened as people were getting in or whether that was something that was like, okay, this is where we're going to start for the show. And it's going to be this beyond showcase match. Cause at that time, AIW would throw on those type of matches. So let's get into some of the, the little details of this show. Like I said, it was on November 23rd, 2012, the commentary team, you might not have caught everybody, but it was Aaron Bauer, Vic Trivliante. Uh, I believe his name is like Aaron Paul Rogers or Paul Aaron Rogers. I just wrote Paul Rogers. 
uh, Matt Wadsworth and Denver, Colorado. The show before this, I believe I didn't double check it, but I know on IWTV it is Point Break. And after this was Conspiracy Theory going into the promos. Uh, notes that I have is the old Turner's Hall bar was uh, the location of the, the first one with Jock Samson and uh, Marion Fontaine. And I think it's kind of cool to see like how how well Jock has aged. And because um, I think he looks better now than he did back then. And that's not like a, a slight towards him. It's just I feel like he's gotten better. I think you can actually say that for a few people on this show. Yeah, definitely. Ethan Page has aged really well. Colin Delaney has aged really well. You know, those were a couple of things that I really noticed too. Yeah, this was another appearance of a young Ethan, a younger Ethan Page in Silesio. Uh Ethan Page looks to be about the same size he is now, but just leaner, kind of. I would agree with that. Him and Delaney both have abs now. Yeah. The metamorphosis of Colin Delaney over the past 10 years has been incredible. Cause I think if you were to go to the hell on earth the year before this, my very first show, like he was, a, I believe a little flabby. And then it was around this time, uh, supposedly, I don't know if it's 100% true. He decided to go sober. I don't know if it was just a, a test thing or what, but I mean, I know he drinks now, but he's has a better work, probably a better workout routine. The other quick thing that I know is about Silesia is it looked like she about cracked um, from Ethan Page. Like she was like starting to laugh. Like she was trying to like move her head like so you couldn't exactly see it. But it was like Ethan Page was cracking her up. Yeah, I don't I don't get what gimmick he was doing with that. But uh, I did my one note from that is that uh, he called himself the man of the hour. So he is the original moth, not Leo. Rush, <laughs> so. Yeah, the only thing I really have of note is uh, you know Ethan's always been good on the mic. He's always been a great promo, and he plays that you know douchebag really well. Ethan Page is so good to where he's changed up his character bit by bit by bit. Last week uh, on the No Sleep Till Brooklyn show, he's he's heel and he's you know the devil. This and this is like early Ethan Page, and then I don't know if he had, he he was any type different for Dead Presidents, but. I feel like there's just so many like different eras of Ethan Page. And whenever I first started coming to AIW, I think he was like the oh, 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 Jesus. What what, he, what 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 was he calling himself back then? It was probably Jesus because that's uh, Jesus led into the devil. Okay. Yeah, like I mean, episode ten was my first, first show, so yeah, he was like you know, Jesus Ethan Page back then. <clears throat> Uh, other, other note that I have is Southside St. Clair. Um, that's a dude that I don't know the story of and what happened to him. I asked in the AIW Discord and the question got completely glossed over. <laughs> like, I think he had some sort of connection with Colt. A lot of times he was on shows that Colt was on, but Colt wasn't on this show. And it seemed like when I started showing up that there was a backstory prior. So I don't know what happened before and like what happened after. I just know. I want to say he might not have been seen after like dead presidents or even maybe, maybe even after this show. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I remember seeing him a couple different times and I just, I don't understand why he was a thing. I, it makes no sense to me. I don't know what the payoff was supposed to be or it was just a favor or what. I think it could be one of those things that just dates back further in AIW. Like look at, if you look at people like the Chad and like everything where, if you weren't around prior, like you might not know who he was like, or, or have any like recollection of him because he was just a dude that was around for a while. who was local. 
and then went away because to this day, I don't, I only ever seen Chad in AIW. And then after the flexor industry stuff was over, he disappeared and supposedly he just stopped wrestling. Any other thoughts on the promos? Uh, one thing I thought was funny was uh, Southside Sinclair telling Veda that the convenience store sold prepaid phones. <laughs> I mean, they probably sold track phones at the time, you know, old Turner's. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's right for the Turner's Hall area, too. <laughs> we don't really see it on IWTV, like I mentioned, but there was the Beyond Wrestling Showcase. Uh, also, if you if you want to, and I forgot to mention this earlier, and I'm going to mention it before this episode drops is if you want to go back and listen to the original preview, like I mentioned a couple episodes ago in the original review with, I think they were both just me and I was doing the show on a Logitech headset in audacity. I've since upgraded like greatly, but uh, I know I'm going to re-listen to both of those before this gets posted just because I want to see what my thoughts and everything were back then. I mean, this is 2000, 12 me i'd been podcasting for like a year and a half the in sh- the show was fairly freaking new because the first show we covered was point break the show before this so if you go back on twitter like you have to go go back obviously really far to find the tweets uh, i looked at a couple i had no idea who either of these wrestlers were and one of them are are now in wwe but you had uh jaka winning over biff Busick. so let's get into the actual card now because i got nothing to add to that Show starts off with the Submission Squad versus Jock Samson and a mystery partner. If you were alive at the show, you didn't necessarily know who the mystery partner was, but if you're watching it on DVD or on IWTV, you find out in those early promos, and it's none other than Marion Fontaine. This is the debut, obviously, of Old School Express. Uh, Only notes that I have is I will forever love Pedro's introductions for Fontaine. They are the best. Uh, and the round breaks never get old to me in a Fontaine match, especially when there's like been different adaptations of it, even a couple years after this with Rockstar Spud. That one's hilarious, too. Any uh, thoughts on this match? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know too much about the submission squad, like outside of, you know, like some of the older shows that I've watched. Are they like still a thing? Like I know Gary J and Davey Vega still wrestle because it wasn't Vega part of the submission squad, too. Vega was a part of the submission squad, but not the one in AIW. Okay. Um, but like is Pierre and uh, what, what's the other guy's name? Holistico. Are they still like wrestling at all? Do you know? Both are retired, but I believe uh, Pierre Abernathy, real name and 100% real name, Matt Jackson. He now runs, I think it's St. Louis Anarchy. Yeah, it's St. Louis Anarchy. That's what's for him. And then, well, actually, Evangelistico. I just looked on cage match has had matches this year, but not for any major companies. So he's just, he's still wrestling, but it seems like it's very rare that he does. Yeah. It's very rare. And he, I know he doesn't travel. Like I think he, cause they were all in St. Louis and I want to say he ended up moving to California. So I think for him to come out of California is and wrestle is rare. I mean, I know he's done it, but it's, I look at it that he's just retired. Okay. From what I've seen, he wrestled in, Gateway or uh, St. Louis Anarchy, actually, yeah, this year, the February of this year, he wrestled in St. Louis Anarchy, Journey Pro, uh, stuff like that in Kansas and Illinois and stuff. So he's doing limited stuff, it looks like. He might have moved back. I don't know. Um, I know I'm friends with him on Facebook, but really, like, of the submission squad, Gary J's the one that 
like our submission squad, uh, Gary J is the one that stuck wrestling at least a lot more and then obviously Davey Vega, but he wasn't in our submission squad. I think I missed the submission squad. The submission squad were they were to me they were funny, but like you definitely weren't supposed to like them. And I actually thought they could have had a tag team title run in AIW. I had them winning the first double dare, and I really think they should have won. And like no, you know, no disrespect to the fuckets, but I really wanted that for them. But supposedly. Uh, some I, I, as far as I had heard, like submission squads really didn't get over as much, but I thought they were great. They were they were hilarious, and they were all like they were basically dicks. But I love them for it. Yeah, I think the question whether or not they like why they were called the submission squad, and uh, if they didn't really do any submissions uh, on commentary. Yeah, I like I liked that Vic kept bringing that up. Like, how many submissions do these guys actually know? <laughs> Yeah, because that, that was something that I've always somewhat thought of, but since I never go back and really like rewatch shows, especially ones that I've been to, I just never heard someone else question it. So when like when I heard that on commentary, I'm like, oh, right, that's awesome, that's awesome. The thing that I remember too, and I think I, at one point I had a saved uh, tweet for this right before uh, COVID happened, but I uh, remember there was the joke that since uh, Angelus Lane had come back to wrestling, they were going to bring back the submission squad, but it was going to be her Gary J maybe Davey Vega and they were going to be called the submissive squad <laughs> I was waiting for the right day to tweet that out and then like shit went crazy and I'm like yeah like we're not getting the submissive squad now no matter what any other uh, final thoughts on this match uh, Jock Sampson and Marion Fontaine were a fun tag team and they gave me the idea that I texted you yesterday about the comedy tournament okay let's talk about that really quick <laughs> Tell, tell 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 the lovely listeners what well, well, your your idea was. Go more into it. Okay, so comedy wrestling is one of my favorite things, and I, I thought it would be really fun if like we did some type of like uh, like whatever promotion did like a comedy tournament where it was all comedy wrestlers. And uh, I had like I just made like a random list, and I was just texting Justin about it. So like I had Fontaine, mm-hmm. Jock Sampson, Danhausen, Kikataro, uh, Effie, Hornswoggle, Doctor Dan. Uh, possibly Grado, Cabana, Beef Wellington, if we get any of them to come around. Uh, just stuff like that. It'd just be fun, something different. And uh, call it the uh, Colt Classic. I feel like Colt was like one of the first people to really bring uh, comedy wrestling to a like a, a big thing. Like when I used to watch wrestling, like indie wrestling, like when I first started seeing him and, and some of the stuff he would do, I was like, oh, the comedy wrestling works. Like it's a it's a thing. It exists. And uh, so I feel like he was like, maybe not the, the best innovator, but I feel like he was the, the first person that comes to mind when I think of comedy wrestling is Colt. So I feel like he would fit perfectly. In. You could all, random also, just. You could also get for that tournament, have other characters of some of these wrestlers, such as uh, Matt Classic in it. Uh, you And you could also get like Fontaine has a, a different char- mass wrestler character that I've seen a couple times where uh, he's like French. There could, there's so many you could get space monkey you could get uh just thinking about that you could get the karate man like there's all kinds of like things you could get for this that would be amazing and uh i just i don't know i just thought it'd be funny like it would be difficult to do a full-on tournament because each match would have to be you know different to make it fit but i feel like even if you did it over the course of like you know maybe two shows back-to-back months or something and like had other matches mixed in with it it could just be really fun i don't know 
you could also get certain serious wrestlers in there that have a comedy side. They just don't use it as much. Like the first person that came to my mind was M dog. I've seen M dog have some comedy matches basically with uh, Fontaine and they were great. Like there was a, I think I might've talked about it on the show, but you know, it's been a while. I know this has been a while. It was back during uh, prime wrestling when there was an outdoor show uh, at Gargano's and it was a hot summer day. And the, the tarp or the mat that prime wrestling used was black. So they played it up like it was super hot. So if Fontaine or M dog would be body slammed on it, they, you know, immediately bounce back up like, ah, <laughs> the black canvas. Speaking of, I hated that the, the one that they use in this, it reminds me of a, of a garbage bag and it always bothered me. I never liked it. And I'm glad we have actual canvas now. Welcome to, uh, to 2012, 2011, 2013 AIW. I think they didn't replace that until uh, Kevin Steen showed up. Yeah, I mean, it It looked okay, and I know it was probably easier to maintain, um, but it just, I don't know, for whatever reason, every time I'd get to a show and I'd see it, I'd just be like, oh, I hate that thing so much, but I don't know, I don't know, I'm, I'm, sometimes aesthetics mean, like, things to me, and it just, I mean, really, it's nothing, but it, it's an indie company, they can't have top of the line everything, I understand that, but I like the entrance, I love the brick entrance, I missed that brick entrance, that was really cool. I like the new one, but I like I like the the brick entrance too. Well, look at the evolution that it's done because I, I at some point in the show I kind of just looked at everything the the ring the corner post the turnbuckles the mat and I'm just like oh and the ropes there's we have evolved a lot like that that ring looks really bad compared to now and I think that I mean that just shows the evolution of AIW back when you know the we had some bigger stars on this show, but you know, there's going to be someone coming up later on the show that literally my note, my note is who the fuck is that? Because I don't, I remember the name, but I don't remember anything outside of that one match. And I'd forgotten about them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure this is probably during a time when it was like, you know, very razor thin um, margin with stuff and, and maybe even, you know, barely getting by to the next show. So, I mean, I, I don't fault them for what, for what it is, but it just, it just the memories of seeing that and going, oh, man, oh, I hated that so much. And I, I love what we have now. So I'm glad that we eventually were able to upgrade. It's so much more legit now. Every, everything about AIW is just so much better now. But you're, you're, you expect to have that, especially in, in eight years. This isn't a company that just has barely made it from show to show and has not had big moments like they the evolution of AIW is amazing. And I always say, I always feel like every year is the best year of AIW. And then the next year happens. And I feel like that year tops the previous. And that's uh, the first couple years for me for AIW. They, to me, they were great. But now looking back, I'm like, yeah, may, maybe it really wasn't cool when, you know, we had Southside St. Clair on the show and a couple of other people. But things, like I said, things have gotten way better. All right, let's move on to the next match. It was a submission squad picking up the victory there. Next up, we had, okay, there was a little bit of a change in the show, and it caught me off guard again, because I know it caught me off guard the day of, but this match was originally supposed to be Davey Vega versus Josh Alexander. They should even show you the graphic. Lewis Linden got added to it. Now, they didn't go into exactly why. They said he got detained at the border, but, you know, Lewis Linden isn't, he's not Canadian, so he, he didn't have travel issues. 
Do you guys know why he wasn't at the show? Because he got detained at the border by some random luchador. I, I believe Aaron Bauer. <laughs> well, uh, there, there was a luchador, basically. But uh, what about you, Charlie? Do you remember back then? Oh, oh, was it El Generico? No, not not that Canadian luchador. Um, I say luchador because he has worked in some luchador companies. But as soon as it was said, I'm like, oh, I remember this time. There was a time where um, Flip, Flip Kendrick, wasn't around AIW or the local scene because he was living with Teddy Hart. Oh. He was basically kidnapped by Teddy Hart for a while. That is the luchador they were talking about. Shit. <laughs> oh. You know, I I think I've heard that uh, like discussed on the AIW podcast before, and I like never even would have dawned on me that that was a thing. I pretty much forgot about it until it was mentioned, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I totally forgot about that because I mean, now we, we know a lot more about Teddy Hart, or at least I do, because I didn't know that much about him. I mean, obviously, I knew he's part of the Hart family, but now you know he had, he had been to AIW after this. And that all everything that went down with that and obviously everything with Maria Manic and everything like now I'm like, oh, oh, and he was he was going to take uh, Josh Bishop for this. Like he was going to do the same thing that Flip Kendrick did. So looking back at it, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like this is kind of a kind of a thing for Teddy. It's a good thing they talked Josh out and out of going. This was my favorite match of the night, though. I really like this a lot. Did you guys catch me falling on my ass? I did not. No, I didn't see that. The action broke out right, right in front of me, and they like, uh, like right over the barricade, and we were told to move. And like, I don't know what happened. Like, I went to go sit down or something, and like, I completely fucking biff and fall on my ass. And Joe Norris picks me, like, just yank, yanks me up to move me. And when I seen <laughs> that, I was like, oh, I remember that because some uh, there was a piece of shit wrestler there for the show. He doesn't. Greg Iron. <laughs> no. There, uh, uh, this piece of shit wrestler hasn't wrestled in AIW for a very long time. RSP? Longer. No, because uh, this is Stacy's favorite wrestler, Charlie, if you know what I mean. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he was there that night, and at intermission, he went to make a joke to me about that, but he stopped. So fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucked. Uh, other than that, with this, this is early Josh Alexander. I don't, I can't remember if this is, I don't think this is his first match. I think his first match might have been at point. His first match. They said that, yeah. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. See, I thought his first match was like a scramble. Like, I'm I, pretty sure he said this was his debut. And he, he, the, there's a lot of cool stuff in this. Like the, um, Lewis Linden, Davey Vega double cartwheel was real cool when they all did the submission up on the ropes. Um, that's really super, like, talented to be able to do that like i don't know nobody was really appreciating that but they like had to have some balance to get up there and do those submissions on out of that corner like that was crazy and then uh alexander powerbomb vega into linden from the top rope which was crazy this match was awesome i really like this match yeah that was pretty much all the notes that i had as far as like stuff that happened in the match uh it was really weird for me to see linden like actually as a heel um instead of people just being tired of seeing him and booing him because of that 
Um, and then I really like Josh Alexander and, and like, he's one of those other guys, uh, that have, he's just gotten so much better, like over the last eight years, eight years and being a big, strong boy and you know, throwing Vega into Linden, uh, off the top rope was really cool. Um, and then he still has that, uh, like spinning tombstone. I, I, lo- I, lo- I love pile driver type maneuvers. Um, and so just adding any type of variation onto it kind of catches my attention. And uh, that's one of the things I really like about Josh. I really miss him in AIW, too. Yeah. No, his first uh, match was at Point Break. Because I vividly remember him winning. Uh, not him winning, but I really, uh, remember it not being the show and it being a four-way. This was his first win at Hell on Earth 8. I think that's what they said. Oh, okay. Because I, I did pull up the cage match, and at Point Break, Colin Delaney won the match, but it was Colin Facade. Gary J and Josh Alexander. Any other thoughts on this match? Nope. Nope. And uh, like I already mentioned, Josh Alexander's the one that got the win. Let's move on to the next one. Up next, Ethan Page versus Colin Delaney. I did kind of mention, or we we've kind of mentioned that you know this was a great looking Colin Delaney and Ethan Page at the same time. One of the the worst things about the match is the sexist commentary. But, I mean, that's just kind of where we were at the time of the world in NAIW. And then uh, the quote that I I tweeted out on the Ohio Indie Report at the time was the Colin Delaney quote of, I wouldn't fuck you with his dick. Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, I feel like Aaron Bauer on commentary during this, like, he he works well with, like, an, another old school style person doing commentary, like, with him. He, I felt very out of place. Like the stuff that he was trying to do as like a heel commentator, like yelling about how, like when there was a glass of alcohol brought in, that all oh, Colin was trying to drink it and this and that and everything else, and it just it started to to wear on me a little bit, and that actually like bled into the next match. But like the only real note I had from this was that the music that Colin came out to had Johnny Cash to start, and then it switched to something else, which I thought was pretty pretty different. I like that. Uh, and I really like this match too. This was really good too. It was the same song, but it was a cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. As soon as I I heard that, I was like, he didn't come out to just nothing but uh, Sunday morning coming down. But it, it goes into like, far as what the what it sounds like, it goes into like I said, a different cover, different version of the song. Uh, I really like this match. Um, Delaney with that uh, tope into the armbar. Um, I loved that. I wish that you know I'd, that's something that I would see a little bit more. Um, these two really like they just beat the hell out of each other, and it was a lot of fun to go back and watch. Um, Silesia is great on the outside with Paige. Um, I miss like that old school kind of uh manager, you know, where like they'll get involved whenever you know, they have to, and like everything that they do means something. Um, and I feel like that's something that kind of lacks in just wrestling in general today. Um, but like both of these guys have gotten so much better over the years too. Uh, kind of like the same thing I said with, uh, with Josh Alexander, um, they've gotten themselves into a lot better shape in the last eight years. They're a lot better, uh, in the ring, you know, now than what they were, but they were still really good back then too. So it was a lot of fun to go back and watch this one. Any other thoughts on the match, Charlie? No, it was Ethan page getting the win. Let's move on to the next match and technically segment too. All right, you have uh, Veda Scott and Gregory Iron coming out to to make a statement, and this was a time where Greg was like deliberately ripping off Punk, um, and this was also the be- 
beginning of the whole four count thing, pretty much. I think it it might have started at Point Break. I can't remember, but it it did start after Absolution, to where people to beat Gregory Iron, you have to pin him for a four count. And they were doing this whole thing with Greg and Veda that they were demanding title matches. And Wadsworth comes out and says, like, well, you know, can't have, like, separate title matches tonight, but we'll give you a match right now. Uh, title match. So if you just, if that's what you want, we'll give you a title match. The Batiri comes out, the AIW Tag Team Champions. This match felt like a squash match to me. Like, it was mostly Greg and Veda getting beat up. And the thing that I love is this was the beginning of the hope and change versus the Batiri, because there's a lot of great moments that come after this, and there's even uh, there's even a moment in this match that's on AIW's YouTube page. So if you type in Veda Scott and the Batiri, th- there's going to be a clip from this match, and uh, it's a feud that I kind of forget about. And there's a lot of great moments that was basically uh, where Veda was on the butt end of the joke. The crowd was very very vocal during this opening bit. Uh, I believe somebody's candy was stolen. Pringles. Pringles, okay. Oh, so it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it was more entertaining like, than the match itself. <laughs> they like handed it to Veda, and then she like threw it over onto the uh, the other side of the crowd. I don't know what that was all about, though. Uh, with the crowd being so vocal too, it was kind of hard to hear everything that was being said on the mics. Um, but apparently, that was going to be Greg Iron's last match because of throat cancer or something i don't remember that but i think was that something that aaron said on commentary it might have been on commentary uh, i just remember hearing something about uh him having cancer i'm not you know for him having cancer but i would have been okay if that was his last match i got nothing else on this except for i remember when the batiri came out i didn't think hope and change was going to win especially because uh, a show later on later in uh, December was going to be called end of the world. And it felt like they were going to be the headliners of uh, end of the world, especially because they were on the uh, flyer for it. My only note was that uh, Aaron Bauer was really annoying on commentary. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like it. I just, this commentary was just not good for this match. I did not care for it. I was like, I, I really like turned the volume down and stopped paying attention because of, because of it. So, I, yeah, I mean, my only real note was uh, like AOW was kind of ahead of the curve whenever it came to intergender wrestling. And I think Veda looked really great. Um, I think she's I mean, she's good you know, with women also. But I think as an intergender wrestler, uh, Veda does really well. A minor correction. And I should have known better. And instead of going back and just editing it in the earlier in the episode, the next show was uh, the end of the world. Conspiracy theory was the beginning of 2013. Because I, I should have remembered that part. But I just looked on IWTV and I was like, oh, the next show is Conspiracy Theory. So, uh, and the world's not on IWTV yet. Probably soon. Any other thoughts on that match? Uh, you were pretty happy at the end of it. <laughs> because Veda won the tag titles. I'm like her biggest fan. And I'm, I'm not the one that yelled, Veda, you're so fucking hot. That's not me. I, <laughs> I, think, I think that was the guy who got his Pringles stolen. <laughs> Ironically... Uh, his name is Justin too, because he always used to uh, yell that at Veda. And there's times that I would yell back to him, uh, "Get off my Kool Aid." <laughs> uh, at the end of the match, he started yelling that his Pringles were missing, and <laughs> where did he go? And that was really funny too. 
damn Cleveland crowd trying to get themselves over. The winners of the match was Hope and Change, your new, at least at that time, AIW Tag Team Champions. The whole four count thing came into play where you thought the match was over, but nope, it wasn't a four count. Uh, the only other note that I have is this is one of the rare times on AIW on an AIW show where Hackle and Greg or Hackle almost wants to fight Greg really bad. And if you're an old school AIW fan, you remember that rivalry. And in like Hackle's just a fan or he was a fan. I don't think he comes to AIW anymore. But good God, like he wanted to fight Greg so bad. <laughs> Oh man, I remember this. I, I do. It was one of the weirdest things to me. I know I've seen like some older shows where Greg's cut a promo and said something about Hack while he was in the ring. Yeah, he the, there's there was YouTube videos of interactions between them where like Greg would be coming into the show and like Hack would just straight up wanted to fight, and that was also during the Iron Curtain era too. So literally, he was coming up to the show with joey vincent martini and ben boone with him and like fucking hackle wants to fight him and the crazy thing about hackle too at one point he's like almost wanted to fight me and he he says he slapped me in the mouth but it was a really weak punch and then i was like all right let's take this outside and he wouldn't fucking do it on that note let's move to the next match up next was technically ak versus kc Allison K versus Casey Warfield for the AIW Women's Championship. My only note for this is who the fuck is Casey Warfield? This is the only time I've ever seen her. It's I think I think Bauer said that she was on like some of the girls' night out shows, but I've never went back and watched. She she has a cage match, and this year of the show, pull that up really quick. This was her well, technically this was her first AIW match. But she came back next year and she was in a tag match. Heidi Loveless and Nikki St. John, which I think is an early version of the social network. And they defeated Angel Dust and Casey Warfield. And like, that's pretty much it. But from 2015 to 2017, she has no matches or anything listed for listed on cage match. And then there's a one promotion. She shows up in 2018, but it's, like towards the end of the year like i don't know if she she just doesn't wrestle for a lot of big companies or she took a couple years off or whatever it is but it's i want to say it seemed like she might have been from detroit she is booked from detroit so oh and she her trainer was uh truth martini so yeah she probably came from that area but don't seem like she she blew up a lot the only thing i have for it is it uh it's it's a match on the card honestly that's the same thing for me It, it pretty much just felt like a squash match yeah, I mean, even, you know, Allison Kay has never really done anything for me. Um, I mean, like, she's good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm just, there's nothing about her that, that, like, really has ever stood out for me. So, uh, if yeah, it was just a, a match that I watched. I mean, it was basically a squash match. So, we, we, we could have had Veda versus AK, the way, way things panned out that night. Yeah, that could have happened. Uh, all I have as a note is that Allison Kay won by submission. That was it. So. Also, this is a uh, different music for AK. This was Marilyn Manson, the dope show. Yeah. Other than that, uh, AK won. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next match. This next uh, half of the show is probably going to be pretty short because I think we talked about, we don't got a lot of notes. So let's, uh, let's move on to the next match. We have the Irish airborne versus youth in Asia for the 
number one contendership of the AIW Tag Team Championships. This is where Lewis Linden and Flip were supposed to be, but obviously, like I said, Teddy Hart got in the way, <laughs> and it just became a regular tag match. I have, I have nothing. It's just uh, euthanasia one. That's it. I want to know what was up with Dave Chris's hair. <laughs> yeah, holy he, shit! He liked to do weird shit like that back then. Oh, what an idiot! Um, I love Matt and Josh. Those guys are really good. Um, euthanasia was not a tag team whenever I first started coming to AIW, and I got to you know I got to see them against the fuckets um, at the rap show at the Odeon. I can't remember what heads ringing. Um, so like. I was really happy that I've actually got to see Euthanasia as a tag team live. Um, but like, I like going back and watching them on these old shows too. Um, just, they're two of my favorites. The drunken driver that uh, Josh gave to Jake Christ was super smooth. It looked really great. Um, and you know, Matt and Josh are two of the best to ever have ever done it. Any thoughts, butters? Yeah, this was, this wasn't a bad tag match. It was, uh, it was really good. Like both teams were, were really good at the time. So, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the drunken driver looked really good. That's, that's really all I had to. So, like I said, uh, euthanasia won. So they became the number one contenders for the AIW tag team championships. Let's move on to the next match. Up next was Michael Elgin versus Johnny Gargano. The only note that I have was this was right around the time. I might've been the match before too where Denver comes into the commentary booth. And uh, I think for most of the show, it's Denver and Wadsworth. And I forgot about how good that commentary team was. And uh, if we could ever get that to happen one more time, like, I think I think that'd be fun. Denver throw, uh, shows a lot of emotion, like in the, in the way that he, his voice fluctuates. And uh, he has that like high pitched scream during a lot of stuff. And uh I don't know. I, I, whenever it happens, I kind of laugh and it, it kind of reminds me of like, you know, Joey styles in a way where, you know, whenever something big would happen, uh, Joey would always get like, you know, his voice would always go more high pitched. I think for me, one reason why I don't have like any notes on this, it was just, this was kind of the PWG style booking where like, all right, we're going to take two hot indie names, Elgin and Gargano. They're going to have a match and, you know, that will, that'll be that. It was a good match. I mean, uh, Gargano has always been really good. Um, Elgin was really good. Um, it's just, yeah, like, you know, like you said, the PWG style. It was an entertaining match to watch. Uh, ultimately, it was, you know, I, I always like watching those old Johnny matches. Yeah, Johnny had the, uh, like, my favorite set of gear that he's ever really had, um, besides his Wolverine gear, which is the green and, uh, red walking dead gear i really like that gear on him and uh this is a good match man it was, it was i knew like once i got to this point that the next like three matches were gonna be like long like main event style matches so i was like trying to prepare myself for it and i was i was starting to get burnt out so it was uh it was kind of tough to try to really pay attention to every little thing but it was a good match like i said i have nothing other than that there was johnny organo picking up the win let's get into this match and this is the reason why we're covering it and why people always talk about it team aiw versus nixon i forgot to write down the participants of this match but as i can easily throw up a cage match it was where 
Nixon and Team AIW both had mystery partners. So Nixon comes out first. It's Bobby Beverly, Eric Ryan, and Ricky Shane Page with the Duke. And then Team AIW, will they come on a little bit later. It's BJ Whitmer, Eddie Kingston, and Tim Donst. The mystery tag partner announced for Nixon was Necro Butcher, which... I don't know. I felt like there was no reaction. Like he was just there the year before. He was there like the show, I think, before I started showing up. But it was kind of like, oh, okay. Necro Butcher, fine, whatever. But then the mystery partner for Team AIW ends up being Chris Dickinson, who was an original member of um, Nixon. And there's a there's a history of Chris Dickinson in AIW where he kind of flakes. And uh, at this point, he does get booked uh, up bunch more times but i think he was supposed to have an if i'm correct an absolution match versus bj whitmer because obviously you see that that feud bubbling as soon as chris dickinson gets announced and it's a callback to the absolution um he doesn't show up i think to absolution that year and we if i'm correct we haven't seen him back since um notes that i have like i don't think they talked about this and this is what another thing i talk about when i was on long night before this match if you can tell there are no, there's no chairs at the beginning of it because we were told like to take our chairs and put them up on the chair organizer thing because we knew or they knew like this match was going to get crazy and there's no need to have chairs just laying everywhere. Um, yeah, blood got everywhere. It's pretty much the reason why this is talked about. The DVD cover is just Eric Ryan just pouring out blood. I know I got old pictures on my phone where it, I made the analogy where it looks like a uh, Dexter kill broom with all this blood. Necro was busted open before the match even started, smashing himself with the chair. And it didn't take long for Eric and RSP to start just pouring blood. Yeah, I want to say 90% of the blood on that ground had to be (laughs) Eric's because, like, it's just pumping for a while. It was bad. Uh, This match definitely should have been the main event. Um, you know, not to take anything away from what the main event was, uh, but like a match like this, you know, you sh- you just end it that way. Um, you know, ACH and AR Fox, they could have went on, on uh, before this. And um, yeah, it was real bloody. That's like my 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 notes is just holy shit. That's a lot of blood. Um, it was kind of hard to like watch and like. Uh, there was so much going on. It was hard to keep up with. Yeah, the the main thing that stuck out to me was like at one point Eddie Kingston got punched in the knee and like fell down and was screaming about his knee in the ring. And uh, it just kind of just reminded me how good like at selling and shit he was. Like it just was like holy shit, what happened? And it, you know, just Eddie being Eddie. How about BJ Whitmer with hair? <laughs> Yeah, that's a time that I, I often forget about. But when I see pictures of him with hair, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's there's that BJ. OK, yeah, I, I have in my notes and I thought the day of that this should have been the main event. Um, You even see when ACH comes out like he's just shocked by like all the blood and everything. And that might have been a better way to end the show. I forget the reason why it was ended with AR Fox and ACH, maybe because this was like one of the first matches announced, I think. So it felt like like there was it was important. It was his headline match, but for storyline purposes and for blood everywhere, it made more sense to end with this match. We also see in this match the return of Tom Dunn. I always remember him coming out, and you'd notice 
he doesn't stand up for a little bit till he, take, he rips off that mask. Because I think for some people, if you just saw his height, you might go, oh, okay, if you know who he is, all right, that's Tom Dunn. But I'll always remember him ripping it off. And I at the time, I thought he said, fuck you, Biggins, but he said, like, Biggins, I'm back. But I, rem- I just always remembered him making a comment uh, towards Biggins when he ripped off the mask. Yeah, I caught that. Uh, whenever he took the mask off, he, he did say, um, I'm back, Biggins. Um, I kind of want to know what's up with uh, all the rogue referees at this time. Uh, you, know, you had Tom Dunn with Nixon, and then you had, you know, name redacted uh, with Flexer in- Industries. Um, you know, what was, what was that? With? Well, at this point, uh, technically name redacted wasn't with Flexer Industries because that really wasn't a thing at this point. But you have them really, really close to each other. But at least with Tom Dunn, it was he was coming back because of the list that he was supposedly on the list. I want to say it's because he took the other company's side in their their war. So he was, you know, banned from AIW for a while. But when the Nixon angle dropped, like he, you know, goes back to being a normal referee. Okay. It was just weird to see so many rogue referees around the same time. I agree. I agree. I see, I see where you're coming from, but at least it did stop after Nixon. And then we haven't seen it since any other thoughts on this bloodbath. It was Nixon getting the win because Johnny Gargano came out and inserted himself in the match after Chris Dickinson left and uh, was disqualified or disqualified uh, team AIW winner was Nixon. Let's move on to the main event of the evening. Main event, AR Fox versus ACH. And I want to explain where we got this match from because I don't, I was paying attention to commentary, but I don't think we, they went into every detail because at the time you, you were probably following along enough. So I think when I first showed up to AIW, they were had, they had a little series between AR Fox and UHA Nation. Uh, they end up getting uh, a win apiece and they were going to have a rubber match at some point. UHA Nation got injured in 2012 so they were never able to have it uh the match that was scheduled for that rubber match ach replaced uha nation for those who don't know uha nation is apollo cruz now but ach replaced uha in that third match so then we had the first ar fox versus ach and then this match was the, the second match so at this point it's tied up that either was going to be i think a rubber match for them and it never happened so rubber matches with ar fox and aiw doesn't work for one reason or another and i don't remember what happened at that time any any thoughts on this match i i have nothing i mean great athleticism between both of them but at this point of watching it and being there live i had i was exhausted i i, I didn't really take too many notes with this one i just kind of wanted to sit back and enjoy it uh i mean ach had uh two pretty quick um pinfalls uh, he, he had that uh, that Rana and then that giant swing into the cloverleaf. Um, and then AR Fox hit that low main pain, which looks awesome. Um, but as far as, I mean, I mean, yeah, like you said, a great athleticism um, match was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I need to go back and watch that first Iron Man match, too, because it kind of seems like that one was really awesome, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, just all around really fun match from really two great athletes it's crazy to think how long these guys have been uh wrestling uh even still and just like the the bumps and stuff that they were taking in this match like uh ar fox does this leg drop to the outside of the ring apron that just looks like it destroys his ass and i'm just like why why 
how are you still going all this time later after like shit like that? Like, I feel like that would like just end people quickly. And it's uh, a testament. Both these guys, like, I think they should be on a bigger stage. Obviously things happen and they can't be on that stage or, you know, whatever reason. But, uh, these guys definitely were, were up there with, uh, quality matches and this is a real fun match. Hopefully when the world goes back to normal, we see ACH in more places. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah, I hope so. He's really good. If we have no other notes on this match, uh, AR Fox won three to two, and the the final fall was ACH getting counted out at the last second. That pretty much uh, wraps up Hell on Earth eight. Any uh, final thoughts on the show, guys? Uh, it's really weird for me to like watch wrestling and take notes because um, usually, like, whenever I put something on, it's just kind of like background noise while I'm doing something else. Uh, so it's like really weird to actually have to pay attention and take some notes for stuff. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to go back and like watch this old, you know, the old shows, um, and to actually pay attention to what's going on. Uh, like you see, you know, just so much like how AIW has grown and how like a lot of the guys that are still on the roster eight years later, just like how much better they've gotten. And a lot of the guys that are, aren't on the roster anymore or aren't around very much anymore to see like the places that they've gone. Um, I don't know. It makes me proud to like be an AIW fan. Um, so this was definitely a lot of fun to go back and watch. How about you, Butters? I always feel like, uh, for some reason, like I have this weird thing where I like to watch more current stuff, but I've been trying to, to get into like watching older stuff to see like where things came from and like different time frames. And, uh, this was hard to get into at first, but like once things got kind of going, I was like, okay, I, I can, I remember like being in that building and that kind of stuff. And it kind of brought back memories and I was like, all right, this is fun to kind of bounce. Uh, so that, that was fun. Um, I'm excited to watch presidents next week to see, uh, how that played out. Cause, uh, I remember that being a really, really fun show. Yeah. The Tracy Smothers match on that's one of the most memorable parts. And I know there's a bunch of other shit and that kind of, uh, that book ends a little bit with Nixon because dead presidents is after the hell on earth, but uh, let's just say the next hell on earth, hell on earth nine. And I think that's the actual final match of Nixon where Nixon loses and they have to disband or something like that. Cause the, the whole dead presidents thing is a play on Nixon's dead. Nixon's done. Uh, this show was, it was fun to go back and like relive, especially this is like, like I said before, this is early days of the Ohio Indy Report, and uh, I was watching myself take pictures, which was in a way weird because I, like I said, I pulled them the Twitter feed back up, and I was like, "All right, like there's me taking that picture." Okay, cool. It's crazy to look back on my own personal history like that. But like we said before, with AIW and like the growth is always fun to relive or fun moments because, like I said, this was early, you know, Josh Alexander and AIW where we didn't know him. Uh, he still got kind of no reaction when he came out. And it was the same way that his first time, because it was like, all right, are we going to love you? Are we going to hate you? Or what's what's going to happen? But then obviously over time, you know, he, we love him. Um, a lot of fun here. And then the end, it's just, it's long matches, but that's kind of what Hell on Earth was known for at the time. Because the year prior, I remember that going on. Like, I don't think it was over till after midnight. Thankfully, they've started to hone in show times. And like now they're, I think like two and a half hours to three hours. Like, I think maybe it's like two and a half hour runtime now, Th- roughly three hours with a show, which is always great. I love, that's one thing I love about AW. All right. Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Brock. 
Um, I have a catering company. It's called Smoke and Jay's Barbecue. Um, if you have Facebook, go like me over there, facebook.com slash smokingjayscatering. Twitter and Instagram uh, at smoking underscore jaysbbq. I'm still taking bookings for uh, 2021. Um, my fall dates are starting to book up with some weddings, uh, but I still have a lot of stuff um, in the summer. And uh, I have you know staff uh, and bartenders, so if you need anything like that, um, all of that stuff is available as well. Uh, send me a message on one of those, and uh, let's book something. Um, other than that, thanks for having me on uh, again. It was uh, it was cool to talk, talk to you guys. I miss seeing you guys. How about you, Butters? Uh, you can follow me at Charlie underscore Butters on Twitter. Uh, my podcast, IWTV Guide, puts out new episodes every Monday night. And uh, in the future, uh, can we uh, make it mandatory that Brock gives us food when we do these? Although, <laughs> anybody wants to listen to us eat that food, but... Uh, a- ASMR is a thing. yeah i miss it and hopefully uh we can get some food uh soon and hang out so and of course you can find myself at j summers 330 on facebook twitter and instagram much like you can find this show on facebook twitter and instagram facebook.com slash wrestling cheers twitter.com slash wrestling cheers and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers email if you so choose as i wrestling cheers at gmail.com and we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net like i said earlier in the show please Rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, restingchairs.podbean.com. And if you need direct links for any of those, there is a link tree in the podcast notes. Also, check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling Without the Dude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution, Baby, Virtual Pros, the IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, The Chick Foley Show, Positively Pro Wrestling, Row One, Seat One, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mics, Dark Match Podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Co-Host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. And that will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Later. It's the wrestling cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash, kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice, wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max, signing off. Ohio, good night. The world, good night. We love you. We'll see you next week.